If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more streaming platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's anchor.fm. Again, Real Madrid went trophyless this season and it's been a poor <laughs> season for Los Blancos. Gareth Bale is out saying Zidane's voice. <laughs> I just, I, we'll oh. get into that relationship in a second. But... Oh, God. Hello and welcome back to the Off the Crossbar podcast preview show with myself, Regan Walsh, and my co-presenter as always, Brad. How are you on this sunny Thursday afternoon? Oh, it's nice to actually say sunny for a change of all that shitty weather. <laughs> yeah. All the rain. You say good afternoon. I say good evening to you. <laughs> uh, we will get on to the Europa League soon, but I mean... I feel like we have to start off with the crazy managerial news that has happened over the last 24 hours. <laughs> you so don't want to talk about that Europa League one. I mean, I'll happily talk about it, but the managerial news is bigger than the Europa no, League it depresses you inside. No, I don't care about it. It was a We played poor. Should have done better. But I'll have a little longer rant in that in a bit. So, the managerial news that has happened over the last 24 hours... Antonio Conte has left Inter Milan after the club told him that they would need to sell 80 million euros worth of players this summer due to being in financial trouble. And uh, according to reports, Conte has been paid 7 million euros in severance, which comes after a couple of weeks ago winning the title in Serie A, meaning the first time that Inter Milan have won a trophy in 10 years at uh, league format is as Juve have won the last nine. That just came out of the blue, didn't it? Did a bit. I, mean, like, I don't know what exactly has gone wrong. Like He's gone from Antonio Conte to Antonio Gonte. <laughs> That's actually one of your better jokes that you've oh, done. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. But yeah, this is almost, if you remember like what happened with AC Milan, couple of years ago and didn't the same thing happen to Inter like years ago as well yeah it just it, are they Asian owned as well Aren't yes it? they are by a uh, Suning company I believe it's pronounced yeah so no manager wants to be told after they've just won the title yeah right, that's great you've got to sell them all now <laughs> what yeah it's ridiculous I mean the likes of Hakimi Lukaku Barella will probably have to be uh, sold this summer. It's funny as well, it's just as they've all come out saying, oh, I'd really loved playing under Antonio Canto. I'd love being in Inter Milan. Yeah, that's nice. Best of luck at your future clubs, lad. <laughs> yeah, see you soon. <laughs> Welcome back to the Premier League. Oh, God. It's just, it's, this ends with Lukaku going back to Chelsea, then just finished. Yeah, absolutely crazy. But uh, it'll be interesting to see who Inter get in as their replacement. Uh, for Conte, there has been a few names thrown about, but nothing concrete as of yet. 
Now, we've also had some even more managerial news. We'll head over to North Italy next, into Turin, where Juventus are set to stay. Italy just to avoid any embarrassment. <laughs> yeah, but we, so we stayed in Italy, so that's why I said North Italy, I think. No. You won't be staying in Italy anytime soon. Just... <laughs> Well, but anyways, elsewhere in Italy, uh, Juventus are set to sack Andrea Perlo as manager after just one year in charge after the club failed to win the title this season. It, Juventus finished in fourth place and they did win a cup this season, uh, but it obviously hasn't been good enough and the hierarchy at Juventus have decided that it is best for Perlo to be sacked and incoming manager is... A uh, previous manager in Max Allegri, who is set to sign a four-year deal with Juventus. This Amazon documentary is going to be unreal, isn't it? <laughs> I keep forgetting about it, and then it just hit me again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the big plan of Juventus when they lost Max Allegri was Maurizio Sarri first. That ended well. Mm. Then they bring in one of their legends. A Andrew week Perlo. after he was hired, hired as under-23 manager, if you remember. Well, I do now. <laughs> it's even worse. But yeah. Only but then, Massimo Allegri, three years after taking a nice long break and getting linked with a load of pretty amazing jobs and Arsenal. <laughs> <laughs> Only for him now to go back to Juventus, where their future is... About as uncertain as either of us. Oh, yeah. I mean, from what else we know about Juventus, uh, their technical director, Fabio Paratici, left the club as well yesterday, or Wednesday, depending on when we get this out. So they've obviously, conf- them, Real Madrid and Barcelona, are continuing to stand firm about being a part of this European Super League as well, so could face expulsion from the Champions League next season and a big fine and Juventus have already been threatened by the Italian FA that they could potentially have been thrown out of uh, Serie A and then there was some news today, I can't remember who said it, that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo could be one of the players that end up leaving because Allegri wants to build more around Paolo Dybala rather than CR7 Like That club is it's close to being in a state. Right? I think but it is a, in a state. It, it's a state of their own making. So it's yeah. hard to feel too sorry for them. No, you, you can't do. I mean, everything they've done and that's gone bad for them over the last few weeks is, as you say, of their own doing. And you can't feel sorry about it at all. But yeah. Um, if you go to the other ones because of the other impending shitstorm with a team wearing white. <laughs> Yes, and that is Real Madrid over in Spain. And they confirmed a couple of hours ago that Zinedine Zidane has left the club for a second time. Uh, Again, Real Madrid went trophyless this season. And it's been a poor season for Los Blancos. Gareth Bale has outseen Zidane twice. (laughs) We'll get into that relationship in a second. Oh my God. If that is the true reason he's left again because Gareth Bale is coming back. Oh, it's not, though, is it? <laughs> it isn't. But what? Why is he leaving, though? New vision. But, uh, when I say new vision, it just means Carlo Ancelotti's going to go back. 
God. I'll be even more managerial changes that will be needed to happen then. Um, like Let's I said, face it. If there's any yeah. sense in Real Madrid, they will be on the phone straight away to Antonio Conte. Oh, 100%. But they won't he... because they're apparently talking about Conte and Ramos. Yeah, I think there was a little falling out between them two that don't get on too well. And then obviously they've been linked with um, Raul Gonzalez, the former player for them as well. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens there. And did you see the story last night? Um the Bernabeu had been set on fire. I saw the picture. I didn't believe it. <laughs> it was just... No, I, d- I did see a video of it go around. And you don't oh. actually see the fire, but you do see the smoke coming from the Bernabeu, which is... Pictures paint a thousand words. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the last two clubs... Well, three, all three of the clubs that we mentioned today regarding managerial stuff are in big shit, all because of their own doings, which is absolutely crazy. And even more crazier news now. Because with Zidane leaving, that may potentially turn him to a different club that are going to be managerless, if all the rumours are true. Yeah, and that could be over in France, where he could potentially manage in Paris Saint-Germain. Now, the reason we say this news is, according to uh, the Athletic and Sky Sports News today, Tottenham have contacted PSG about trying to bring back manager Maurizio Pochettino to the club less than six months after Pochettino was hired by the Parisian side. It's the stuff as well that apparently Poch and Levy, they're still friends. I don't don't believe that. Yeah. Main reason, Daniel Levy doesn't have any friends, in my opinion. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Even his own family hate him. Oh, right. (laughs) That's dangerous territory <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's just absolutely crazy this that like nothing has changed over the what 18 months two years since Poch has been sacked as like Spurs fans will be overjoyed at this but mm. they've got to remember as well what was the reason that he, that he got sacked in the first place poor form in the league and they didn't win a trophy and also there was all the rumors of the the squad had fell out of it. Yeah. And let's face it, it's well as 18 months. It's still the same squad. Well, yeah, the only difference is Bale came in on loan and he seems to be off back to Madrid, hence Zidane leaving. So it's going to be the exact same 24-25 players, apart from obviously Danny Rose and Paolo Gazzaniga, who uh, Spurs have confirmed that they have let go uh, today following the conclusion of their contract. So... It's just... they, see, they would see that as the best chance of keeping Harry Kane. But, but no chance? No. I, I think, no, I, th- I still think he uh, heads uh, to Manchester City uh, this summer. Mm. But it's a funny one with Potch because this has just come out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I mean... mean I there's all the rumours now that maybe, maybe hasn't even settled in France. Yeah, I mean, it was true, because obviously, I think there's news that his family stayed over here in London, because obviously, mm. when he joined, they couldn't come over due to the lockdown in France and here. Um, so that could be a bit understandable, and I think he'd been staying with the rest of his coaching team. And then... I wonder, if there's, anything, I wonder if there's anything in him, like, suppose, I think he was doing his post-match stuff in Spanish. 
as well. He wasn't really speaking French in any of it. I don't think he learned French. He was there at PSG for a while, yeah. wasn't he? In his playing but, careers, but I don't. Apparently, I don't think he did speak Spanish. I'll never. Mm. Um, yeah, that would be very interesting to see if that does happen after six months. Obviously, he didn't win the league with PSG, but he won two cups with them. They win both the cup competitions this season. I forget if it was both of them. I know it was the one. Yeah, they definitely won one, but I can't remember whether it was one or two. Uh, so, yeah, that's definitely uh, a tran- uh, manager to keep an eye out on. So, it seems like a lot of big clubs this summer have changed their managers. Obviously, you got them, one, two, three, four, potentially five teams there that we said could need new managers. Bayern, obviously, appointing uh, the Leipzig manager. Leipzig appointing Jesse Marsh. Borussia Dortmund are getting in a new manager this summer. I don't think I've known a summer quite like this, where a lot of the big teams are getting in managers. It does actually seem quite new. That, that, I think you've just reminded me of all the Bundesliga ones as well. <laughs> That's quite unusual. Yeah, it's definitely a weird year for managerial changes. Well, like you said, uh, it's going to be... Very interesting to see what happens with all of the other cases, e.g. Spurs, if they do bring back Poch. Do PSG then move for Zidane? Do Real Madrid move for Ancelotti? Or do they uh, bring Raul in? It's going to be a very exciting couple of weeks because I don't think anything of this is going to be uh, done anytime soon. And one bit of manager news that has been confirmed uh, is regarding now Championship Club newly relegated Premier League side Sheffield United and they have announced that Slavisa Jakanovic has became the new club's first team manager on a three year deal which will be interesting to see how he does uh, uh, the blades this summer in the championship yeah, uh, only thing on that like, only thing I can add on but, that is why did they not just do that sooner yeah I'm not too sure mm. but anyway I want to move on because we now have to talk the Europa League final yeah Let's nice talk about it. I mean, congratulations are in order to Villarreal as they beat Manchester United on penalties to lift their first right. ever Europa League question. trophy. Question I need to ask, have they finished or are they still taking those penalties? <laughs> I think they may have just finished. I mean, Villarreal scored all 11 of theirs and uh, David De Gea missed the decisive penalty for Manchester United. Um the game itself, United had a lot of opportunities and probably should have done a lot better themselves. Primarily, Marcus Rashford, there we go. Um, he missed a couple of sitters in that game. So, um, I mean, De Gea probably could have done better with uh, saving the penalties, but you got to say, you've got to get the job done in the 90 minutes and then the extra half hour. So it doesn't have to go to the penalties in that case. I think you were very generous to your team there because I thought United were so poor at this. You just didn't attack a, a Villarreal team that were just prepared to sit back for the mm. whole of it and just manage the game properly. Yeah. Overall, I mean... overall, what we were expecting off of this terrible game and it wasn't that like I was engaged enough. Yeah. Even if I had as much energy and extra time as much as the players did. Mm. I mean, it, again, it's just part proof in putting that the just military. I mean, he was on the bench for it, but there was no chance he was going to get onto it. But over the last 
what, four or five games that he's been missing now? Um, United form have form has been terrible and this coming summer they need someone else to come in and help with Maguire centre in central defence and what, the f- dare I say you had him he was on the bench you didn't bring him on to the, like the 115th minute it felt like uh, 116th once they became on I mean again I don't understand that why Solskjaer like his first sub was Fred for Greenwood in the 100th minute why did I'm he make all his subs so late for I had to check like for a second during the night, if I was watching Villa, because where are the subs? Was he following <laughs> yeah, the just... the Deed Smith tactic? He must have been. I don't understand why he made them so late. Like, Mark Tomlin had an absolute class game in a big European Cup final. That's a terrible game manager. Oh, that's a poor. That's so bad. Mm. God just played right into the hands of the Europa League master. Well, yeah, because, I mean, with that win now, Unai Emery has become the most successful Europa League manager, winning it four times, surpassing Giovanni Trapattoni. Name it after him. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, credit to Villarreal. And it's going to be an interesting off-season for United to see what they do transfer-wise. I think there is a lot of transfers that need to happen so that they can be successful in putting up a title charge against Manchester City and Liverpool next season and obviously oh, Chelsea as well. You're so far behind. Oh, yeah. It's unreal. <laughs> it's, well, I thought you, maybe you'd be close, but hey, just signing Jan Sanjo isn't going to make you a title challenge. <laughs> no, I think we need Sancho obviously in the right. We need a backup striker or a striker and have Cavani as the backup Um the midfield, like the central midfield, I think needs improvement and defence as well. And he needs to, over the coming days, not coming weeks, over the coming days, have to think, right, who does he want as his starting keeper next season between Dean Henderson and David De Gea? Because that was well, a lot of the well, problems. The with, answer's with, already been answered. It's going to be Tom Hayden. So. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt that. Well, that's the problem. United just, they seem, he never seemed like he regularly saw the same 11 players out at one time like he was always willing to change anyone and everyone I think um, you'll find that the same 11 was on for 100 minutes in this one so. well yeah I mean that game but I mean for the rest of the season he was always t- tossing and changing and you shouldn't need to do that to be successful you have you pick one lineup, and as long as they're getting the results you don't change it yeah you make substitutions in the game in the second half and all that you shouldn't have to change your starting eleven much this season. I mean, look at the season uh, two seasons ago now, when Liverpool won the league, they very rarely rotated that eleven. Like you pretty much knew who their starting eleven was, and that's how they went on to win the league. But, and then you see this season just finished. They had a lot of injuries, and look what they finished. I mean, yes, they ended up finishing third, but it was still quite a way off Manchester City. And United do need to massively invest in this summer and. I don't think they should go out for Harry Kane. Yes, I would like him. He's a great striker in the Premier League, but I think that £150 million needs to be spent elsewhere on other players, not just one player. So it's going to yeah. be uh, a long summer for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and the mm-hmm. board. Because yeah, a bit odd, it was pretty great scenes for Villarreal, just to add into any of that. Mm-hmm. The smallest population... To win, to win it, if it's fifty thousand, the population of the city of Villarreal, wherever wherever it is, I can't remember. 
No, I don't mm. think now where it is. It was obviously but, just um, a massive for the you didn't see the celebrations, obviously. <laughs> just a massive moment for the players. I'll sit on Bertha Moreno, have a laugh. <laughs> mm, I have seen that. And another two former Spurs players that have left the club and won a trophy. In uh Paul Fife has gotta go back then. <laughs> oh yeah. One fourth has got to go but back. Again, that's if you remember who he is. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, congratulations to Villarreal. Uh, deserved it better team uh, in terms of penalties. And it's going to be an interesting uh, season. Uh, well, so much should I say for Manchester United you know, to see what they do if they are to put up an actual uh, title charge next season. But it's okay for the Man United fans because we could hear the tears of Arsenal fans as well when Unai Emery won this oh yeah uh, she gets a proper fight on her yes so it is time um, Champions League final this weekend in Portugal between Manchester City and Chelsea on Saturday evening kicking off at 8 o'clock UK time <sighs> where do we start um, I City looking to come start, yeah let's start on loan <clears throat> yeah, so City are looking to win the tournament for the first time in the club's history. It will obviously be the final farewell game for Sergio Aguero. As far as I'm concerned, or aware, should I say, um, they've got no injury worries heading into Saturday's game. Um, the big questions for them in terms of lineup is does Riyad Mahrez feature? Or does he start? Like, he'll definitely feature, but does he? Start, right? I mean, I'm trying to think in the mind of Pep Guardiola and his team selection because trying to figure out who he would pick in the starting 11 is nigh on impossible. Um, I don't know whether he does start. I think he, he'll come off the bench and make so an if, impact rather than start. If he doesn't start, then do they start a striker? I think they will, and I think it's something you can see in the Chelsea defence. That being, a, you can think a, a, an actual striker can nick a mistake out of that Chelsea defence because although they've been good under Tuchel, there is a little bit of defensive frailties that can be spotted and a good striker, whether it's Gabby Jesus or Aguero himself, they can exploit that, I think. Yeah. Like if they were going to start a strike, it was probably going to be Jesus. Yeah. But this is obviously more pressure. On Man City, they go for the first Champions League, which like, they win this. It's the culmination of everything that they've worked for for 13 years. Yeah. And uh, it would be a very good uh, result for them, obviously, trying to win the trophy for the first time ever. Um, well, the slight part of me doesn't want them in the club. So. Yeah. <laughs> I understand what you mean. And obviously, again, Chelsea... I don't want Chelsea to have more Champions Leagues than us. I'm I'm in a a fifty fifty, like I'm in a lose lose situation. Yes. Yeah. Um, Even worse that with the hoodoo that Chelsea and Tuchel actually seems to have over Pep and Co. Oh yeah, it does seem to be that it is advantage Chelsea and Tuchel in the few battles that these two have faced each other this season. The obvious question for Chelsea is going to be: Is Mendy fit as well uh, as Angola Kante? Because I'd Pretty sure they don't want to be dealing with Jorginho in that final. <laughs> yeah, both are taking part in training today, as far as I'm aware. So 
it looks like it could be good news, but obviously we'll wait for Tuchel's press conference more most likely I think tomorrow, um, where we'll have more news obviously on the full fitness of uh, Eduard Mendy and Angola Kante. But I would expect both of them to be fit for uh, this game. And then Chelsea's point of view, I think in terms of attacking, do you start Timo Werner in this game? I think you do. Or, I was thinking, could you play like Havertz as a false number nine? I don't think he trusts Havertz as much. Hmm. Like, there's no way he plays either one or Havertz or Werner. He either plays both or he drops one of them. Yeah. It's obviously going to be who plays behind Werner. It's like Pulisic or Mount. It's probably it's definitely Mount. Yeah. Just, just Pulisic or Havertz play. I think you lean more on Christian Pulisic if that is the case. So it's definitely going to be a close one to call. big thing for Chelsea is they have to just not do what they did against us. They have to be... If they're as organised defensively as they were the FA Cup semi-final against them, then we could see a similar story. Then again, Man City could just do what they did against Everton. If that Man City turns up, they win. Yeah, Um... It's going to be a close one to try and call because, like you said, there's points and possibilities uh, to why both teams win this game. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Chelsea to win this game. I think it'll be a close one, but I think Chelsea will probably nick it late on in the game. So you don't think this goes to extra time? No. no. I, I, think... I could see penalties in this. So both finals go to penalties? Could happen. <laughs> Oh yeah, I, don't know. I'm not saying I just think this is going to be as tense as it was yesterday. Yeah, but we wait and see. Definitely, definitely will. Oh, good luck to the the fans that are travelling because it sounds like it's been an absolute shitstorm. Mm. Right on to the other previews now. Uh, we have the Championship playoff final as well on Saturday. That is at three o'clock UK time between. Brentford and Swansea City at Wembley Stadium for a place in the Premier League next season in what is dubbed the most expensive game in football as the winner gets, was it over 150 million? 170, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, if only they were, there was someone of us two who had the experience of both sides of the playing field. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> we do. Yes, oh, yeah. This one single game is the most nerve-wracking ninety minutes of your life. If your team is involved, it, I mean, even just... as a neutral, when I watch it, like if I like choose one side or just watch it as like not bothered who wins it, even I get nervous sometimes watching it. Like I'm not too sure who I want to win and. I have the emotions of like going up and down like a roller coaster, so I can only imagine what it's like to be a fan of one of those sides actually involved in it. I'll start with the losing side first. Yes, it will feel horrible. It will feel even worse after you, you know, had a, a very horrible coach journey on the hottest day of the year, and the coach doesn't have any air conditioning. <laughs> it's just a painful day, and then you go back on the same coach. Yeah, yeah, depressing. And then your team doesn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> but the winning side 
as I could say, one year ago, not one year ago, what did I say one year ago? It's two years ago. I wish it was one year ago. <laughs> <laughs> two years ago today was the greatest game I've ever been to in my life. Mm. And it's just the best feeling when you do win it. Yeah. A uh, bit of background on the two meetings earlier this season between the two sides. Both games finished in a 1-1 draw, so it's going to be interesting to see if that happens again on Saturday <laughs> and we're, we're going to penalties. Uh, I don't have any preference for who I want up. I think I'd like to see Brentford. It'd be nice to there see Brentford, but I, I, my biggest fear with Brentford going up is that they will be very good and that they could do Leeds. I don't know if they'll do as well as Leeds, but I think they could be a surprise package next season. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd admire to see how their system and the way they are behind the scenes works in the Premier League, mm. which is the aim. That's always been the aim, and they've been missed out for years now. Whereas, yeah. whereas Swansea went down and they've sort of recovered pretty well. Yeah, they've done everything really well in terms of like the recruitment, uh, management and all that. So they've done... Uh, a lot better than what I was expecting them to have done over the last two, three seasons that they've been there now, is it? I think a lot of people will have looked down on that manager appointment as well. Yeah. Steve Cooper. Oh. I would have thought, oh, he's only managed a couple of under-17s. Mm. Like, he's not ready for that. That's a massive jump up. But yeah. Yeah, he's done very well. Oh, they obviously missed out last year losing to Brentford. Mm. So, you know, it's all to buy for. And it's, I'm so glad my team's not involved in that anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's definitely going to be a good game to watch on uh, Saturday but, afternoon. Right. If there's any solace for Brentford fans, the last team that did it after their second attempts is doing pretty well right now. Was it your Aston Villa by any it chance? Was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now down to League One and their final between Blackpool and Lincoln City takes place on Sunday at 3 o'clock again at Wembley Stadium. I think this one's going to be... I think on paper many people will say Blackpool are the favourites because obviously being the bigger club out of the two sides, but hey, that means that Lincoln, nothing. We said Lincoln were pretty strong. They were close to the promotion. Mm. They obviously just missed out in the end. It's a tough one. Both teams have good stories behind them yeah obviously everything that happened with blackpool like they've deserved a day out like <laughs> yeah and for lincoln this would be the highest they've ever yeah, got always, yeah it's, so, it's just an incredible story the pressure <laughs> the tension again oh my god yeah it'd be absolutely incredible uh the two meetings between the two sides earlier on this season lincoln won the first game three two and then the second game between the two sides finished 2-2. Um, so it is advantage Lincoln in an overall aggregate score between those two games. But obviously, that means nothing at all when it comes to this final because the whole season doesn't count for anything. It's just this 90 minutes or so where it actually matters. And yeah, it's going to be absolutely incredible to see either of those two sides in the championship next season. Uh, Michael Appleton obviously doing a really good job at Lincoln City. Uh, what he's done there and then uh, Blackpool Neil Critchley who was the former Liverpool under 23s manager he was again doing really well uh, with them at Bloomfield Road so Mm. I can it's just I know none of our teams are involved in it but yeah it's going to be an absolute 
cracker of a game and definitely one that we all get invested into no matter yeah. like what the three divisions are that's exactly even the league two player final has probably the biggest spice factor to it <laughs> yes and that is on monday afternoon again at wembley stadium between we recorded Morecambe... the podcast before that game that's annoying <laughs> yes oh um so yeah morecambe newport three o'clock monday afternoon like you said, it's going to be an absolute spicy one between the two sides, as we mentioned uh, the other day now. It was a Tuesday's podcast we mentioned it about the story behind uh, the whole situation, which obviously you can go back and listen to. And yeah, Ke- it, Kevin Ellison is going to knee slide in front of Derry Adams, the Morgan yeah. manager, when he scores the last minute winner. <laughs> yes, it's going to be oh, incredible scenes again. Reminder of the first fixture between these two, Newport County won 2-1 back in December and then the second meeting, obviously, which is what Brad was talking about here, uh, 3-1 to Newport. So, like I said in the last fixture, it is advantage to Newport in that game, but it means nothing when it comes to the playoff final. So, Two strong stories for these two is that for Newport, this would be the highest again that they've yeah. ever got. And Morecambe, I believe, are in their 100th anniversary. Yes, it is their 100th anniversary year this year. And nothing like that for their highest position, I think, would be as well. Mm. I think it feels like it. If I'm wrong, then oh well. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be the first, and it's not the last time that you're wrong. Uh, but yeah, three incredible finals to look forward to uh, in the Football League that this weekend. Uh, and it's just going to be great to see uh, all three games with fans at Wembley Stadium uh, 12 months on from obviously not having any fans previously so yeah going to be absolutely great to watch and I don't know which way any of them are going to go but yeah it's going to be good right um, bit of women's football news now and Team GB announced the football side earlier on today for the upcoming uh, Olympics where it is going to take place obviously in Japan uh, 12 months on after it was postponed the majority of the players are English so uh, there's no real surprise there and just a quick rundown of the squad we have Karen Bosley and Ellie Roebuck as the keepers defence of Lucy Bronze, Millie Bright, Rachel Daly, Steph Houghton Demi Stokes, Leah Williamson, midfield of Sophie Ingle, Kim Little, Jill Scott, Georgia Stanway, Kira Walsh and Caroline Witt, and then the forward line of Lauren Hemp, Friend Kirby, Nikita Paris and Ella Toon. And then they have named four reserve players in Sandy McGeever, Lotta Vubunmoy, Neve Charles and Ella Toon. So yeah, um, no surprise, it's a heavily uh, English-based. Uh, I think Hegarisa was always going to do that. Um, a little surprise with how that squad's got quite a bit of age to it. And, it's also very English. Yeah. Uh, 15 English players, two Scottish and one Welsh. So, Is that yeah. a bit too much for a GB squad? Or? I think this probably could have been a couple more Scottish players, but um, two that come to mind straight away, Jenna Beatty and... Erin Cuthbert was the big one. Right. Cuthbert missing out. Uh, Lisa Evans as well missing out, uh, who plays out for Arsenal. Uh, so, yeah, there's a few omissions there from the Scotland sort of that probably could have got in. Wales as well, I think they could have got maybe a couple more. Um, so, yeah, I think it doesn't surprise me, but I think it's one where I don't expect England. For me personally, looking at this squad, I don't expect England to do that well. Uh, so, 
and I, I just don't understand like yeah you can take some of the older players but there's no point like you're not going to learn anything from them yeah and if you see any of the reports there might not even be an olympics well yeah so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what it will uh, happen this summer. Right. Any more news? Or is that the lot? I believe it is the lot. I was genuinely looking for a funny story beforehand. I know, yeah. Boring week. <laughs> In terms of funny stories, I mean, there is still a lot of stories that have happened this past week. Yeah, that's obviously what I meant. But... Right, uh, we'll be back at the start of next week to round up all the finals that would have happened, obviously, excluding League 2, because by the time we record, uh, the League 2 one wouldn't have happened yet. And obviously, if there's any more talking points regarding any of the managerial situation, we'll make sure we talk about it as well. And yeah, until then, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to give us a download and five star rating as well and it's goodbye from me and goodbye from Brad see ya see you soon